0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Ways of tackle, watch out! of speed. Look at this freshman! Welcome to the whole. Football, Canton, Ohio.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore this is the first week of our two episodes per week routine here on the College of Canton podcast. Me and Stéphane LeCoe will be hosting our own episodes each week. We'll have some crossovers mixed in there for you, but we're just amping up the content because you guys have been great all off-season long. I want to bring you guys more and more content every week, and I do want to just want to say thank you uh, again for all the, the positive feedback, whether it be in reviews or DMs or Uh, Even writing us up on some top 50s, top 100 lists and things like that for college football, fantasy football, NFL podcast coverage and things like that. But if you're joining us for the first time, uh, just so you know, College Decanton is a show about the journey of the best football players in the world. From, you know, when they're college football recruits, uh, throughout their journey in college, throughout the NFL draft process, NFL career, and, and, and onto the discussion as to whether they should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we always make sure to sprinkle in some fantasy football since this is a Road Us Radio podcast, but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too for you guys. And last week, I hope you guys enjoyed the very special episode where I was joined by a couple of real-life college football referees, officials, uh, friends of mine, uh, Blake Parks and Barry Blackwell. Really great guys. Uh, it was a fun chat. They had some awesome stories. So if you missed that podcast last week, def- definitely check that one out. It was a, it was a blast hearing just uh, some fun stories from the SEC and all over college football. Uh, but this week we're back at it, trying to predict the future. <laughs> uh, right back at it with the future of, of some college football players and uh, names that will be entering the NFL draft next year. So. What we did here, uh, me and uh, Stéphane Leco, my co-host, and uh, our, our good buddy Matt Wispay, who's also on the Devi uh Roto-Viz team, actually decided to put together a 2022 Rookie Mock Draft uh, together this past week, uh, just because we're about to be blasted with a whole lot of new information. And sometimes it's going to be hard to remember what we even thought about these players at the beginning of the season once the bullets start flying and or the football start flying, I guess. Uh, and so it was It was fun just diving back into last year, because uh, every single year we, we do a mock draft like this and try to predict the future, just one full season out. And so I dove into last year's stuff, and it was fun just seeing how accurate we, we were in some cases and inaccurate we were in some cases. And it's really tough uh, to really accurately predict the future. Uh, but I think our team, the Debbie team at RotoViz, we're getting better at this every single year, just looking at the results over the past few years. But... Before I dive into the 2022 rookie mock here and talk about 24 different names that you should keep an eye on this fall if you're looking forward to rookie drafts next year in fantasy football or if you're just looking for the best 24. Uh, playmakers who could be leaving college football here soon. Uh, Some names just to put in your back pocket. If you don't already know them, going to dive into them here soon. But looking at last year's results was fun. Uh, The first round, we killed it. Like, I mean, looking at this, we we drafted it as if it was a super flex format, meaning you can start two quarterbacks if you don't play in that format for fantasy football. But we kicked things off with Trevor Lawrence at one. Justin Fields went two. Uh, And keep in mind, you know, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones hadn't gone off in their crazy full season long sample just yet. So we didn't pick them at three. We actually went to Travis Etienne at three, who got first-round draft capital. Three for three in first-round picks. Four was Jamar Chase. Five was Rashad Bateman. So the top five were five for five in guys who got first-round draft capital. Pick six went on to Rondell Moore out of Purdue. And uh, coming into last year, it was kind of assumed that he was going to... Uh, and by the way, this was before last season, around the same time. Uh, Rondell Moore was supposed to you know come in and dominate but he kind of opted out and then opted back in and kind of tweaked something and missed a bunch of time again last fall. So that was kind of a hit cuz he got second round capital of course going to the Arizona Cardinals. But then the, the first and only miss in the first round looking back at our process as a as a team was uh pick 7 Chuba Hubbard. He was coming off a season where he had over 2000 yards from scrimmage for Oklahoma State and it was assumed he was going to be the focal point of a pretty healthy offense. But uh, he struggled with a, uh, I, I believe it was a high ankle sprain, and uh, the quarterbacks didn't stay healthy for the first few weeks, and so he got off to a slow start, and Oklahoma State never really uh, recovered offensively last year for the most part outside of a few games, struggling to uh, a field a healthy roster some weeks, especially at the running back position. So Chuba Hubbard didn't see the capital, capital that we wanted, but he still got drafted in round four, so that was the only miss. After that, it went Jalen Waddle. Devonte Smith, Najee Harris, three Alabama players, all of which who got first-round capital. Chris Olave, who actually went to, who went back to school, surprisingly, uh, was pick 11. And then around round one, we went with Trey Lance, who eventually, obviously, landed with the 49ers and uh, skyrocketed up draft boards. And what you'll notice uh, in this mock draft is you're going to see some quarterbacks that are probably too low for, you know, if they actually get the capital. But uh, we're kind of baking in some of the risk. When looking at some of these guys and thinking, okay, uh, there's only so many quarterbacks that are going to be drafted highly. And only so many quarterbacks that are going to be relevant in, in, in any given year. So we found ourselves taking some skill position guys over a few quarterbacks who definitely have that opportunity to jump into the Zach Wilson or Mac Jones kind of range this year that we believe in. So try to get as many names as we could in this mock draft. But so we'll actually try to shoot for 100% accuracy in this first round. Uh, rather than, uh, you know, 11 out of 12 with uh, some serious draft capital behind them. But, you know, even in the second round, we got guys like Kyle Pitts uh, in the early second, Terrace Marshall, even in late second was uh, Ross St. Brown and Pat Fryermuth. So uh, it, it's fun just looking back at all the things that we hit on. A little bit too high on Seth Williams as, as a community, it seemed. And Journey Brown, we were actually really high on him, but he of course medically retired due to a heart issue so who knows whether that would have worked out but even even Tutu Atwell who got day two capital this year went pick 23 so a lot of hits even in the late second but so so it'll be fun to see if we're actually more accurate this year But before I do dive in and go straight down the list of 24 players you should keep your eye on in this 2022 NFL rookie mock draft I do just want to bring up a guy that completely changed the landscape of college football potentially And that is Mr. Quinn Ewers. He played some big time high school college football in Texas and now he's moving on. In fact, leaving a year early, uh, skipping his senior year. He basically has to do like one English credit or something just to graduate early and move on and join Ohio State immediately this fall. So he was not supposed to be in college until next spring and he was the consensus number one overall player in the nation in the 2022 recruiting class now he leaves a year early joins ohio state and that gives the ohio state buckeyes three top 50 overall recruits at the quarterback position three and two of them are five stars just from this class alone thanks to the name image likeness uh, getting passed and the one-time transfer rule and and uh, and among other things it's going to be really tough to track and predict the future for some of these guys especially these top tier blue chip guys that can leave high school early so they can cash in on their name and image likeness. Because the thing is, Texas was actually going to stop Quinn Ewers from even making any money off of his name and image likeness just because he was a high schooler, which is absurd. Uh, and that, that, that law is probably going to change and eventually. But Ewers decided, hey, I just want to get on campus. I want to be able to profit off my name. So who knows what kind of deals he's going to sign before he ever even plays it down for Ohio State. But for those of you who live live in the weeds like I do with with all these recruits and all these top-name quarterbacks and such, C.J. Stroud is probably still going to be the guy for Ohio State, and he's probably going to be uh, a Heisman candidate earlier in the year. Uh, So he's probably going to hold down that job. But uh, Kyle McCord, the other five-star who comes in this year as a true freshman for Ohio State, I'll be very surprised if he actually sticks around with the program because C.J. Stroud will probably dominate this fall, and he'll probably dominate the next year as well. And after that, it'll be Quinn Ewer's job. But it really just throws a wrench in college football recruiting, throws a wrench in what we think the future of of the sport's going to look like, Uh, but in a good way because it's for these these players' benefit. It's for these guys to be able to make money off their own name and do so at an early age. So I am all for that. I know there are several people who are not, but it's going to be fun to see how that changes uh, when players are available in, in in college and how often they transfer and where they transfer to. And that will in, in inevitably change where they get drafted, when they get drafted. And will they get drafted just to be a brand or will they get it <laughs> sell jerseys? It, there are so many things that we could dive into, but... On this shorter episode, I don't have time for that, but I just want to mention Quinn Ewers because he was the number one overall recruit in the 2022 class, commits a year early, joins Ohio State, and makes them even more ridiculously stacked. And so one of the three quarterbacks there with Quinn Ewers, Kyle McCord, and CJ Stroud are likely going to pull a Joe Burrow, get out of town, and go find themselves drafted uh, after smashing in another opportunity. So I can't wait to see what happens there. My long-term bet here is still on CJ Stroud to have the most success immediately uh, and maybe even long-term. I really like him quite a bit, but Ewers uh, looks like the next big name to come up as well. So Ohio State looks set absolutely for the next few years, and uh, I hate it as a Purdue fan, but but it's time to jump into the 2022 Rookie Mock Draft that was put together by our Debbie team here at Rotoviz, looking ahead, trying to predict the future, uh, and guys we would take in the first round of rookie drafts in Dynasty Fantasy
0: Football leagues next year. But first, a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Fantasy leagues in 2021.
2: All right, so kicking it off here, pick one in the 2022 rookie mock draft put together by our fantastic Debbie team with Mr. Matt Wispay, myself, and Stephon LeCoe uh, making these picks here. Kicking it off at pick one, I actually uh, had the first pick overall, and then we went to Matt and then Stephon and continued in that order. I went with Spencer Rattler, quarterback of the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, he's obviously one of the, the biggest names in the sport. Uh, he had his he, he was a feature in, in Netflix's QB1 series back in the day. He was a, a top quarterback in his recruiting class. Came in, sat, sat a year, and just absolutely smashed in his first year as a starter last year. Uh, posting near 90th percentile passing efficiency numbers in my adjusted yards per attempt over expected model that I just wrote up at Rotoviz. Uh, and really showing that he had some underrated mobility as well, just like he did so even in high school. So, Spencer Rattler in a really good spot entering his third college season. He's eligible for 2022. And by many people's projection, he is going to be a first round pick next year. And, oh, Oklahoma is absolutely stacked at every single skill position. Uh, so he has amazing weapons to throw the ball to, already a really good production profile, and uh, should be in the Heisman conversation all year long. So Spencer Rattler, pick one, Oklahoma Sooners. Next up, we had Matt. He went with the other safe quarterback and Sam Howe out of North Carolina. Another quarterback who has super safe production putting up crazy numbers at North Carolina. Uh, I think it it's, it's super underrated just looking at his raw stats. but when you understand that he was just incredibly efficient uh, amid some insane volume, it's just it's hard not to get excited about a guy who who tossed 68 touchdowns in two seasons. Uh, if, you, if you did that for a more blue blood school like Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State or Oklahoma, I feel like we would probably easily rate him as the top overall guy. So right now it looks like it's between Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma, and Sam Howell, North Carolina for the top overall slot in most two quarterback or Superflex leagues next year. Pick three, mixing it up here, changing positions, but it shouldn't surprise many people. Mr. Brees Hall out of Ohio, out of Iowa State, almost said Ohio State. Uh, he has a fantastic three-down skill set, and only one player outproduced him in all college football last year in terms of yards and touchdowns, and that was Mr. Najee Harris. Uh, And Najee Harris saw first-round draft capital. And Brees Hall uh, is is in line to have an even better offensive line this year It returns a fantastic quarterback. He's, He's got some great pieces all around him to help him succeed once again. So Brees Hall looks like he's firmly inside the running back one debate, if not clearly the running back one overall candidate, entering into the 2021 fall season for next year's draft. But on to pick four, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. He is uh, not the only Ohio State wide receiver on this list. He was a top five-star wide receiver in his recruiting class. Expectations were high. He came in immediately and starred for the Ohio State Buckeyes and already has a top three production profile among all true junior wide receivers at the Power 5 level, behind only Traylon Burks and David Bell. So he really doesn't have anything to prove this year. He already has a better balanced adjusted production index. Looking at his dominator rating, yards per team pass attempt, touchdowns per team pass attempt. Any any way you want to look at his production profile, he has a fantastic score there. He could probably polish up his route running a little bit. He's not as... Uh, smooth as, as maybe his teammate that we're going to get to here shortly. But Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State, pick four. On to pick five, Matt went with his dude, uh, Chris Olave. He ended uh, most podcasts last year saying, bye Olave. So it was only appropriate that Matt would be the one to select Chris Olave, pick five here. No No reason for him to return to school. It was absolutely silly that he did. I'm not sure who was advising him there. Because he was already going to be a top 50 or 60 pick in this year's NFL draft, but uh, he's definitely going to be that in next year. So he, he looks like a top 3 or 4 wide receiver in the class, uh, has a solid production profile, but it's really only around the 50th percentile if we look at drafted NFL wide receivers. Just because he's he's always had some good playmakers around him, that uh, makes it hard for him to have a crazy peak production profile but really smooth route runner and consistently one of the deepest average depths of target in the nation actually had a top five mark there in ADOT two years in a row. So there's no way he's not a top 50 pick, if not a top 15 pick in in next year's draft Uh, on to pick six, David Bell, Purdue Boilermakers, uh, my alma mater. I love that dude. And he has the the sec, like I already mentioned, he has the second highest adjusted production index of among all returning true junior wide receivers In the nation, if he entered this year's draft, he he was actually eligible. He would already have a 73rd percentile mark for his uh, production profile among you know drafted wide receivers. Uh, And he dominates at the point of catch, has a pretty balanced uh, route tree. There's a lot to like with David Bell. And he took over the game when Rondale was not on the field for the Boilermakers. So it's going to be tough for him to improve on his efficiency, given how bad the rest of that offense is uh, for Purdue. But David Bell... 1.06 1.06 Stefan was actually the guy who made that pick. Back to me, I, I went with Traylon Burks, wide receiver Arkansas, who's 6'3, 230 pounds, plays almost like a modern tight end, like a big slot, which is odd because mm. normally when you see like this this feature wide receiver with with crazy wheels, you know, you put them outside, stress the perimeter, but they used them on screens and a whole bunch of other underneath stuff. And he added some, some yak consistently and has the highest returning adjusted production index in the country among you know among potential guys who could declare early for the NFL draft this year. He, he he has a 75th percentile adjusted production index looking at his dominator yards per team pass attempt and touchdowns per team pass attempt. If you want to learn more about those metrics, I've already mentioned them a few times. You can go check them out on Road of Look for my adjusted production index. There, but on to pick eight, Isaiah Spiller, Texas A&M, a guy many people were very high on. Spiller struggled uh, a little bit with efficiency uh, back in 2019 when playing actually good teams. He smashed the bad teams, which is great. You should do that, but he didn't even get close, averaging four yards per carry against his SEC opponents. And so, really wanted to see him clean that up last year, and he did exactly that. Posted ridiculous numbers last year, uh, was incredibly efficient and really, really strong. I'm not sure that he has uh, that that top speed gear you want to see, uh, but he's as somebody who's already posted two really solid seasons in the SEC. There's no way he's not getting early round draft capital. It's not first round, perhaps, draft capital next year. Uh, this next pick, pick nine, Staphon, went with George Pickens, wide receiver Georgia. He might not ever play another snap for Georgia because he's already, sadly, torn his ACL this year and is going to miss most, if not all of the 2021 season, but but I think he's done enough to prove that he's worth an early round pick. Maybe not first round pick because uh, he's not going to be healthy, even perhaps uh, by NFL combine season. But uh, George Pickens, wide receiver, Georgia, really big bodied dude. His, his, his production profile as a true freshman was absurd. Posted like a 30% dominator rating in his first season, which is crazy for a true freshman. Uh, and his production profile, was not looking great to kick off last fall, but when J.T. Daniels stepped in at quarterback, his production literally tripled. Uh, so he really smoothed things out when he had competent quarter quarterback play. So pick nine was George Pickens there. Uh, pick ten was to me Kyron Williams, running back Notre Dame, absolutely carried uh, them to the college football playoff last year. Yes, they were stacked on the offensive line, and yes, they had a a good defense. And some of them, some of that defense actually returns again this year. Uh, but Kyron's going to be asked to do a lot this year since Ian Book is now gone. Uh, but he seriously averaged almost 21 touches per game last year uh, and accounted for over 10% of the receiving yards for the team out of the backfield. He's going to be impossible to take off the field in the pros too, just thanks to his pass protection. So really love Kyron Williams, somebody that he, he could rise up into the running back two conversation, if not even the running back one conversation. The only thing limiting that might be his size. He, he's not not really the biggest back he's maybe barely 200 pounds so uh, hopefully he adds a little bit of weight and doesn't lose that that speed and burst but pick ten was Kyron Williams pick 11 went over to Matt Wispay and he picked his dude and Eric Gray running back Oklahoma I wrote up Eric Gray way back in the spring when he transferred to Oklahoma from Tennessee uh, I like to say the dumpster fire that is Tennessee sorry Tennessee fans uh that uh, are my neighbors Uh, sorry about that but tennessee is a mess and it's sad that eric gray had to have his early part of his college career absolutely wasted there because he is is a real i mean he's he's a home run threat that doesn't have the numbers to back that up yet because he was basically just hitting a brick wall most of the time but when he did find green grass green grass he was incredibly elusive found ways to make people miss doesn't have much going for him outside of a a really solid uh, receiving yard market share uh, mark of around 15 percent for the volunteers last year uh, and he's gonna have some competition in the backfield at, at Oklahoma with Kennedy Brooks a uh, back-to-back 1100 yards from scrimmage kind of guy from just two years ago but Eric Gray looks like the real deal and should be in the top three four running backs next year for sure and then to round out round one Staphon went with Jerrion and Ely, and yes Uh, Jerry Neely is from Ole Miss and yes he is a little bit too small for many people's liking and and, and really perhaps the NFL's liking to take uh, you know a guy like that early in the NFL draft. He's around 5'8", 190 pounds so yeah he's a little tiny but if he adds maybe 5-10 pounds I'd be a lot more interested because he has incredible bursts, has a, a fantastic opportunity to explode even as a receiving back this year given all the things that Ole Miss is Ole Miss is going to be replacing in the receiving game with losing Elijah Moore, not having a a super proven uh, option behind him coming in. They have some guys that could step up. Jerry Neely has been splitting out at wide receiver already this year in spring. And and even if he's not a feature, he could be a a solid contributor as a pass catching back and could be even more if he gains just a little bit of weight. Kicking off round two, Drake London, USC. Uh, with the suspension uh, just this week, actually, of Brew McCoy, Drake London is now seriously the only returning guy on the team that uh, had more than seven catches last year. So he has a huge opportunity. Yes, USC likes to spread the ball around. Yes, they line up four wide receivers on almost every play. So maybe he doesn't have a perfect production profile when it's all said and done just because schematically, that's just not how USC works. If you look at the past several drafts, Uh, The only guy who had a decent production profile coming out of USC was Juju Smith-Schuster. So Drake London, 6'5", former basketball star. I I really like him to break out uh, even further this year and smash with some day two capital once he gets to the NFL. Back to the quarterback position, since we've had a drought all the way from pick two down to pick 2.02. Uh, Malik Willis of Liberty. I think the quarterback three in this upcoming class in 2022 is going to be higher than this. Uh, But it's just tough to predict which one it's going to be. So all these guys have some risk baked into their profiles, really. Because, yes, Malik Willis is one of the best dual threats in college football. He had nearly 1,000 rushing yards and seriously 34 total touchdowns in just 10 games for the Liberty Flames last year. Uh, and really, this if you play college fantasy football, he's seriously the 1.01 first overall pick because he's going to kill his easy schedule this year. So he has that real potential to uh, be the Zach Wilson that just smashes in his last year, cleans up the passing efficiency uh, like Zach Wilson also needed, and uh, comes in and, and gets first-round draft capital just because the dude has an absolute rocket for an arm. So 2.02, Malik Willis, Liberty, that was Matt... And on State at quarterback went Jaden Daniels, Arizona State. And yes, first thing you'll notice when you watch Jaden Daniels is he's incredibly small. Uh, he might not even seriously be 180 pounds still. Uh, but, but when you look at his production profile, all he's already done uh, at Arizona State, even as a true freshman. Already posted 90th percentile uh, passing efficiency numbers and accounted for more than 20% of the rushing yards for Arizona State. Struggled a little bit last year when the team uh, was having COVID issues and things, but uh, he, if Arizona State isn't a dumpster fire this year because of all the sanctions that might be incoming and the discipline with the investigation, uh, you can look all that stuff up. But they're, they're in big trouble as a program due to recruiting and COVID violations. But Jaden Daniels, uh, quarterback, Arizona State, picked 203 I almost went quarterback here at pick 2.04, pick 16 overall, but I decided to stick with running back Kevin Harris, South Carolina. His season wasn't supposed to happen last year. Uh, we were all pumped about the true freshman Marshawn Lloyd, but sadly Lloyd went down with injury, and Kevin Harris posted an 80% running back dominator. Seriously, posted <laughs> took care of 80% of the production at the running back position for South Carolina a year ago, over 1,200 yards last year. He's, they're not going to just take him off the field. Uh, he's going to get drafted. He's probably going to be a day-two pick next year, if not a late day-two pick next year. So getting him in the middle of round two feels pretty good here. Kevin Harris running back, South Carolina. And back over to Matt Keaton Slovis. If the dude's uh, shoulder can get healthy, he's going to be a nightmare out in the Pac-12 this year. USC was really deadly uh, a year ago, uh, especially coming back from behind. They, they would put themselves in a hole because their bad defense and lack of anything in the run game. But Slovis is an absolute stud that can sling it. He doesn't have the rocket arm that some of the quarterbacks ahead of him have, and he doesn't even have the mobility. That, that a couple of the guys have ahead of him either so he's gonna have to clean that up gonna have to prove that he's he's not a liability and then in the run game to get some capital so he could be a late first round pick next year but he's got to continue to prove it and make sure that shoulder is healthy going into draft season uh pick 2.06 he actually had to change this pick here because uh it was going to be Bru mccoy for stefan but uh brew mccoy actually went, went and got himself suspended so, uh, substituted Khalil Shakur, wide receiver, Boise State, here at pick 2.06. Uh, he actually has the best production profile among all Group of Five conference wide receivers. Accounted for nearly 50% of Boise State's offense offense a year ago, and really, he would have gotten drafted uh, in a decent slot last year. But uh, Khalil Shakur, wide receiver, Bo- Boise State, to Stéphane, and the last six picks here, Kind of a lightning round mode. John Mechie, wide receiver, Alabama. He's probably not going to drop this far. I, I got him here at pick 2.07. Uh, he's got a really disgusting production profile. 18th percentile adjusted production index. Playing behind some pretty good competition. But he's going to get drafted pretty highly because he plays for Alabama. And uh, he has no competition for targets this year in an offense that should still be very healthy. So he's going to be tough to peg because he's going to have some artificially inflated production this year to, to kind of round out his his profile in, in his last uh, year before going into the draft. John Mechie, wide receiver, Alabama. Justin Ross is still seriously, as of this recording, not cleared to practice, uh, and it's already August. Uh, so he was about to medically retire last year, for those of you that followed along with that situation. So maybe he comes back, and maybe he's healthy, and maybe we, we see that with 1,000-yard receiver again that we saw way back when he was a true freshman. I hope that's the case. Uh, but uh, baking in some risk here 2.08 pick 20 overall makes sense given what we do and do not know about the future of justin ross wide receiver from clemson 2.09 zay flowers wide receiver boston college boston college does not (laughs) typically send wide receivers to the pros Uh, there are some schools that don't don't do that often and uh, boston college is one that does not but uh, Zay Flowers actually had the fourth best adjusted production index uh, balanced production profile I guess just to put it simply among all true juniors uh, returning to school he, he actually had uh, about 34% of the offense last year going his way he should be around the 40% mark this year for Boston College thanks to Hunter Long moving on to the NFL actually getting drafted day two to the Dolphins at the tight end position, says A. Flowers, wide receiver Boston College, has a really steady quarterback that you can trust in that targets the heck out of him, so he should see some day two capital. I went with Jahan Dotson, wide receiver Penn State, at pick 2.10. Penn State loved to target Jahan Dotson last year. He actually accounted for over 40% of the receiving offense just a year ago, exploded and really exposed uh, Sean Wade and pretty much killed his draft stock single-handedly in a, in a game where he saw I think three touchdowns and uh it really just showed he, he had the burst to separate and it was fantastic when, in, in contested situations when he has to be as well Jahan Dotson wide receiver Penn State probably a day two guy as well Jalen Widemeyer, Texas A&M tight end the only tight end in this draft actually is actually a really productive tight end and productive tight ends Uh, in college if you follow along are actually super rare and the rare ones that have those production profiles typically get drafted you know like Kyle Pitts last year I'm not saying Widermeyer is that he's not as bendy and and as freaky as Kyle Pitts not even near it but Widermeyer is probably the best bet to be an early round pick this year he he accounted for over 30 percent of Texas A&M's receiving touchdowns for two seasons in a row and he actually saw his receiving yard market share jump all the way up to 22 percent accounting for seriously like I said 22% 22% of the Aggies' receiving yards last fall as a tight end. So when you mix in, you know his production and his walking ability and just he, he has a great balanced skill set for the tight end position and prototypical 6'6, you know 250, 260 kind of size. So Jalen Weidermeyer, Matt went with that pick there. And to close things out, State Bond went with J.T. Daniels, quarterback of Georgia. It was a small sample last year with four games. Of him actually starting, but in that four-game sample, he had one of the most efficient passing seasons we've seen in the last 10 years. Seriously, a 98th percentile passing efficiency year when we adjust for schematic variables. Uh, he he needs to clean things up and not get sacked as much and actually contribute in the run game, given how the NFL is valuing mobile quarterbacks. But J.T. Daniels uh, could be a real steal here this late. And I know some of you are probably screaming, "What about Matt Corral? What about this guy? What about that guy? What about Samir White?" Uh, you know there were there were a few that almost made the list discussed that with Matt Wispay and Stefan Leco, uh, but this is the top 24 this is two rounds of the 2022 rookie mock draft i hope you guys enjoyed it stefan will be on later this week with another episode and we'll keep on doing the two episode a week look all year long with a shorter episode and a longer episode and and stefan's got some amazing guests lined up already for you guys so be looking forward to those shows here soon but i, I I can't believe football is already seriously pretty much back now for college and NFL. Can't wait for that. And I also can't wait to share many more episodes of the college to Canton podcast with you guys.
3: When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do,